Hello everyone, this is J-Red. Um, I'm going to do a little quick J-Red show before I go to bed tonight. Um, quick thoughts about the preseason. Justin Fields had a great game for Chicago. The Bears defeat the Dolphins 20-13. Justin Fields had a great game for Chicago. He was 14 for 20, 142 yards, one touchdown. One thing I really liked from Fields was his intangibles. He showed off, he shook off a rough start, didn't get overwhelmed, and eventually took it over. Um, for a first pick round pick of the preseason game, it's really insignificant. But still, this should give Bears fans some hope. Although, keep in mind, the passing yard leader in the preseason in week one is Nathan Peterman with 246. So, I know some fans will use say that to say... Don't put much stock in the preseason, but still, um, if you're a Bears fan, you have to like what you've seen from Justin Fields, and there is no reason they should start Andy Dalton. The New England Patriots defeat the Washington football team um, 22-13. The big downside for New England was that Cam Newton did not have a good game. He was 4-7 for for 49 yards. So they better hope that Matt Jones develop can can um step up and take the reins. I think New England's in the same spot as Chicago. There's no reason for them to start Newton. They should just start Matt Jones and see if he's the guy for the future. Jones was thirteen for nineteen for eighty seven yards. One bright spot for um New England was um their running back Remondoy Stevenson, who was who had ten carries for hundred twenty seven yards and two touchdowns. There are aspects of Matt Jones' game that I like, but I feel like if you want to um, be success- a successful quarterback in today's NFL, um, you got to scramble, and I feel like um, you got to be able to run like how Josh Allen does r- runs, and I don't think Matt Jones has that in his game, but we'll see. Terrace Marshall, the Carolina Panthers, had a great preseason. Three receptions for 88 yards. The Panthers have massive questions on their offensive line while putting a lot of faith in Sam Darnold to be their starting quarterback. But it's possible the Panthers found a gem in Terrence Marshall. He has he's incredible deep threat potential and did more than expected as he made an impact whenever he touched the ball. Um, Marshall won't start with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson in the roster, but the rookie showed he could be perfect body slot receiver in the NFL. Fans should keep an eye on him in his preseason progressives because the Panthers could sneakily have the best receiving corps that nobody is talking about. We'll see if Sam Donald's up for the job. Patrick Sertan had a great game um, for Denver. He had one interception, one touchdown, and two passes defended. Um... He's a um certain was an impact player at corner who didn't get overwhelmed against the Vikings. He lived up to the vaunted praise he was getting from his teammates and coaches in training camp. The Broncos were desperate for a major secondary upgrade in the division that boasts Patrick Mahomes and Herbert. Um Sertan showed incredible ability to play as man while locating the ball in the air and bring up key passes. Finally, the last player who played a good preseason game was um Dramosowski Kamara of the linebacker of the Cleveland Browns, who had eight tackles and one sack. He's a he lasted too long in the draft. 
He's a perfect hybrid defender. He he was a second round steal for Cleveland and had an eye opening debut. Comfortable supporting his team in pass coverage, rushing the passer and holding his own box. Cormar registered seven solo tackles of the Browns win. This is a Swiss Army Knights defender who excites defensive coordinators because he can do absolutely anything asked of him. That flexibility is incredible on a team that's already boasted a pretty good defense. This game showed that coaches are ready to move around him and let him be defensive weapon that he was in Notre Dame. Don't be surprised if he ends up being one of the best all-around defenders in the season. Over in soccer, um, FC Barcelona defeated Real Sociedad 4-2. Um, obviously, it sucks for them to lose a legendary player in in um, Lionel Messi, but no one player is bigger than the team, and I still expect Barcelona to finish in the top four of the um, La Liga. There's been rumors of um, Barcelona um, signing Abarmege from Arsenal, but they're, they're not interested. The situation doesn't allow for new signings. And I think he's this is a good move on them part, that they don't do it, because um, he and the rest of Arsenal FC look shot. He looks like he's over the hill, doesn't have it anymore. Arsenal lost 2 nothing to Brentford, a team that was playing its first top-flight soccer-slash-football game in, in over 70 years. So Arsenal desperately needs help, um, help right now. And they're getting close to a deal with Martin Ogard. Although he only has two goals and two assists so in 20 appearances. So I'm not sure this is going to help much. But Arsenal's a desperate club and we'll see what happens. In Major League Baseball, Tyler Gilbert pitches a no-hitter against the San Diego Padres. Arizona is having a disastrous season. They're on their way to one of the worst records in Major League Baseball history. At the time of this recording, they are 38-81. and 81. So they desperately needed some good news. And a rookie pitcher who comes in and pitches a no-hitter will do that. It gives Diamondbacks fans hope for the future. It gives Diamondbacks fans a reason to watch. Um, it rem reminds me of when the Buffalo Sabres signed Don Granado and hired Do Don Granado, and they started showing life. It's like, okay, these players are starting to respond. Well, that's where the Arizona Diamondbacks are. When you hit rock bottom, the only place to go is up. But this is a feel-good sports story. A year ago, with the minor league season canceled, Tyler Gilbert was working as an electrician with his father to make ends meet in Northern California while also throwing bullpens when he could try to stay in shape. And then he comes in here and he pitches a no-hitter. You know, I was talking with my father. Neither of my parents don't care about sports. So my... Well, okay, my mom kind of does. She'll watch hockey. She remembers watching The French Connection. But as a whole, my parents really don't care about sports. And my dad's like, why do you care about sports? And I kind of thought about it, and there's two reasons. One is for emotional stories like Tyler Gilbert. 
And it's like a drama that's played out in real life. How they overcome challenges on and off the field and the court and the ice. And um, tell these emotional stories. I mean, hell, just watch, just watching sports being played after this horrible pandemic. Sports being played, it's just a sign of life getting back to normal. One of my, my one of my very favorite sports memories is um, that first Batavia Muck Dogs game after the pandemic, because it was my first public gathering in over a year without a mask, without limitations. And that's one reason why I love sports, and the second reason is it's like a war. It's kind of like a war, like when you go when a warrior is going to battle and they defeat their opponents, and they win, and they take pride in their um, home city or home country. Every time the Bills and Sabres win, I take pride in the city of Buffalo. And if they lose, there's no real consequences of like losing an election. So, and I just love in this how this city can light up when, when times are good. Like, I remember how the city lit up for the Buffalo Sabres. How there were Sabre signs in the mid two thousands with Breer and Drury. How there were Sabre signs everywhere, or how would they it lit up this year with the Bills, with Bean McDermott and Josh Allen. So that's why I love sports. What are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I will see you later.